With Hashem Salper learning Saita Dav Chafhei, we left off on Dav Chafhei Amadal of three lines on the top of the Amid. Iboyeluhu, the following inquiry was asked. Oiveres Aldas, if a woman goes against acceptable Jewish practice, and let's read the Rashi, three lines on top of the Yamid, the wide line. If a woman goes against what's called Das Yehudis, we had in Mesechtik Subas Daf Ayin Beis two different expressions. There is something called Das Moshe, referring to explicit laws of the Torah. A woman who is Oiveres al Das Moshe would be, for example, if a woman, while she is a Nida, doesn't inform her husband and has relations with him. That is a woman who goes against Das Moshe. The expression Das Yehudis refers to the acceptable Jewish practice. For example, She'enot Tzanua, she's not modest. And Asha gives a few examples. she goes outside with her hair uncovered. Or Vitava Bashuk, she weaves in the marketplace. Weaving in the marketplace in itself is not Oiveras al Das but as we learned in Ksubis, while a woman is weaving, it's possible that the upper part of her arms become exposed, and that's also considered in Jewish practice a non-modest behavior. Or, she speaks with all men. And we learned in Mesechtas Ksubis, continuing in Rashi, in Pedekamadir and Dafain Beis, the Yoitza that her husband has the right to divorce her without giving her the Ksubam. So back in the Gemara, so the Gemara's question is, Does the husband have to warn her at least once that if you're going to continue behaving the way you're behaving, then I will... Now here's the question. Exactly what does the warning sound like? Does he have to include in the warning, I will divorce you and not give you the ksuba? Or other Paiskim say that the warning only needs to be I'm warning, in other words, I'm unhappy with that, and this behavior cannot go on. Or, no warning is needed. In other words, the husband will have the right to divorce her without paying the ksuba right away. The Gemara speaks out the question, do we say that even the Iveras al-Dasi, that since she again is going against the acceptable Jewish practice, warning is not even needed. At least one warning. And the Ihadraba, because when she'll hear the warning, she might mend her behavior. And if she mended her behavior, then Tihadraba, then it's mended. And then indeed he will not have the right to divorce her without giving the Ksub. This is the way Rashi learns the Gemara. It's important to note that the Me'idi includes in the Gemara's question even a Oiveres al Dasmoisha. That even the Me'idi says, the Gemara is wondering whether a husband has to warn his wife or not. It appears from Rashi that if she's Oiveres Aldas Moshe, then he doesn't have to warn her. The question is only on a Oiveres Aldas Yehudis. And why are we discussing this question over here? Because the attempted and the proof that ultimately we will bring to these inquiries will come from the Mishnah that we learned in yesterday's share in the beginning of the fourth Patek of Saita. So Tashema says the Gemara come in here, it says in our Mishnah that a Yarusa or a Shemeres Yavam that were warned by her Chasan, by her Yavam, Loi says the warning will not lead to her being allowed to Drinking the water, she doesn't drink the waters, as we learned in the Mishnah, that who drinks the water, only a woman, that's Tachas Isha, that's under her husband's jurisdiction. And our Mishnah, like we learned yesterday, and Rabbi Yenison holds that that excludes both a Kala, a biblical Kala, a biblical Arusa, and a Shemer Siyavam. However, on the other hand, they become a Saita. And since they become a Saita, the husband is not allowed to have relations with his wife as a Saita. And therefore, he has to divorce her. And since she initiated, she's the cause of it. The Mishnah says she doesn't take the Ksuba. So says the Gemara, inferring from our Mishnah, Mishnah Shasya. In other words, drinking is what the Arusa, drinking is what the Shemeres Yavam cannot do. But as far as him making her into a Saita, he has to warn her. So the Gemara says, Lamai. No, it's for what purpose is he warning her? It was anyway she can't drink. 
You're not happy with the wife's behavior? You want to divorce her? Who's stopping you? Divorce her. Don't forget, this is before the Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershem. A man can divorce his wife without her consent. So it must be the whole warning, apparently, was in order for him not to have her give her the ksuba. Now, she is not behaving bedas Yehudis, right? He's suspecting her of having relations with another man. She's midaberes with a, with a certain individual. So lav lahavsid ksuba is the klochayra rai from our Mishnah that the reason why he gave her a warning is in order for him later to be able to use or to pull out the card, ah, right, is But in order for her to be in that category, a warning is needed, kinoy is needed. Says Abaya, not necessarily. Maybe the reason why in our Mishnah, the Chassan, the Yavim warned his Arusa, his Shemeris Yavim, was not because he didn't want to pay her the Ksuba. For that, even a warning is not needed. Why, is, why did he do it? The purpose of the warning would be that as we'll see in a moment, a man is not obligated necessarily, and that's taka the halacha, to divorce his wife, who's a veras al das yehudis. All the, the Mishnah taught us over there that if the man will divorce her, she doesn't get her ksuba. But he's allowed to stay with her, as we'll see in a moment. The reason why the, the Mishnah speaks about a woman, an arusa, a shemer siyavam, getting a warning, what purpose will that warning serve to make them prohibited to be together? Because if she does indeed seclude herself in front of two Adim, then he's not allowed to be with her. Rav Papa Amar. Rav Papa says, I'll tell you another reason why there was a warning in our Mishnah. Even though we learned in our Mishnah that Earusa and Eshemeres Yavim says, do you know when they don't drink? If they had their seclusion while they were still engaged. If she had her seclusion, if she did stira while she was still Eshemeres Yavim. That is where, because of Tachas Isheikh, she will not drink the waters. But what would happen if a chassan does kinoi to his kala when, when they are still engaged, biblically engaged, and they get married, and after marriage she has tira, then she becomes a saita that drinks the waters. So why did he warn her? Like we learn in Abraisa, that we cannot effectively warn one's arusa that will make her drink while she's still in Arusa. And therefore, from our Mishnah, there is no proof, it's inconclusive in our Gemara, whether one warning is needed in order for her to lose her ksuba or not. Now he comes and he brings us a proof from the second part of our Mishnah. Here the Mishnah was speaking about marriages that were halachically illegal. So if a almana was married to a kain gadol, if a gerusha or a chalutza was married to a kain hediyit, and as we spoke out, a gerusha to a kain is asr mida eiraisa, a chalutza to a kain is asr mida rabbanan. Or if there was a mamzeres or a nesina that was married to Yisrael, there also mamzeres is the isr eiraisa. A Nasin marrying a Yisrael is a machloikis rishonim, whether that's an Yisrael midoy raisa, or that's taka only Yasser from Yeshua and David. Bas Yisrael, likewise, l'mamzer or l'nasin. In all of those cases, the Mishnah said, they're also loishoisais, v'loi noitlis ksuba. And here, l'chayre, the Gemara has a great proof. How did you refute the proof from the Reish of the Mishnah? By saying that the warning was not for her to lose the ksuba. Maybe she loses her ksuba even without a warning. The warning was, Lo'isra alof. Lo'isra alof cannot be said in this part of the Mishnah. Because they're Asr anyway. So again, says the Gemara, inferring from the Mishnah, Mishnah shasya. Ah, drinking is what these women cannot drink, as we explained yesterday. Either, according to the Rambam, because there is no vinika ha'ishma avain. According to Rashi, that the only sin on the man's part, that will not allow the waters to work is if he had a relation with her after she became a saita. However, as we explained yesterday, the purpose of the drinking of the waters is in order for the marriage to function. It's to bring peace between the man and his wife. We don't want for there to be peace between the man and the wife when they are halachically not allowed to be together. But warning, there is a warning. And again, Lamai, what was the purpose of the warning? If it's to make them not allowed to be together. So here you have a proof 
that warning is needed for her to lose her ksuba. And again, on this, this luchayr is a much better proof. Still, says the Gemara, Amar Rav Yehuda, Midiskarta loy, not necessarily. Maybe the purpose for which the, the, these men, who are not allowed to be married to their wives, why are they warning their wives? Let's just add the letter of the Bach, A Boyel as we learned in a Mishnah that that the moment this woman becomes prohibited to be with her husband because she's a suffix saita, as like in the case when a woman God forbid is for sure a saita and she cannot be with her husband halachically she's never allowed to be with that adulterer and therefore what was accomplished by the warning he's taka mamzer or he's a Yisrael, a Yisrael and she's a Mamzeres. They're not allowed to be together. Why is he warning her? Because what happens, let's say in the case of a Mamzer. A Mamzer cannot be with a Yisrael, but halachically, a Mamzeres can be with a Mamzer. So let's say he's a Yisrael married to a Mamzeres. Why is he warning her? Because he's suspecting that she's doing something not kosher with, an, with another Mamzer. And without the warning, a Mamzeres can marry a Mamzer. And Avada, in the cases of the Mishnah, where the psul is in the man, he's the mamzer, she's a Yisraelis, and she's uh, speaking too much to another Yisrael. So what was accomplished, maybe for Ksuba again, you don't even need a warning for her to lose her Ksuba, if he will divorce her. What he accomplished through making her into a Saita <clears throat> is to make them halachically prohibited to be together. So Amr Abchanina ben Suda comes along Abchanina ben Suda and says, Ah, I'll prove, I'll answer this question from the end of our Mishnah. And these are the following women for whom, being that the husbands are incapacitated, Beisdin acts as a shliach of the husband, even though they were not asked to do so. But there's a concept called mezakin or zoichin which is mission is Kharaj by love, the husband became deaf mute, or he became uh, demented. In other words, he's mentally not capable of understanding what's going on. Or if the husband is capable, but either he doesn't know or he knows and he can't do anything because he is he's in jail. Dear Bazdin will tell this wife, we're warning you not to be secluded with that individual or those individuals. And then the Mishnah says, and it's not that if she'll violate that warning. It's not that if she'll have stidam, Beisdin will have the power to make her drinks the main mudim. That not. There it says, and the husband is not here. Ella said the Mishnah, the warning will only affect that she will lose her ksuba. So taka shmamina, that's taka proof that Boye hasra shmamino. Take hoiveres aldas yehudis. Yoitzam shuloi biksuba. You know when? When there was at least one warning. But if there wasn't even a warning, and again, machlekes hapoiskim is it just, I don't want you to be behaving the way you're behaving. Other poiskim say he has to actually warn her. I'm warning you that if you're going to continue behaving the way you're behaving, then I'm going to divorce you and you will lose your ksuba. But whichever way it goes, a warning is needed, a clear proof from our Mishnah. Now this proof is such a good proof, so the Gemara does something unusual. Asks the Gemara, Vekulu, the other Amorayim, they brought from the Reisha of the Mishnah, from the middle of the Mishnah, Why didn't they bring from the end of the Mishnah? Why was it only Rabchanina Misura that brought it? So says the Gemara, listen, the proof is accepted. Accepted in Halacha. However, the reason why they didn't bring it was because they say, Dilma Shani Hasam, perhaps in the safe of the Mishnah. Since the husband is not in the picture when Beisdin is warning her, the lace la a masa the baal klal. She doesn't have any fear of her husband at all. And let's read inside the Rashi, it's around. Um, if you see on the side in the Mercedes Ashas Yivamis Nunches, it's two lines under that. Rashi divrei hamaschel the lace loy masa the bal. In other words, ve'i lav the asru ba If Beisdin would not have warned her, perhaps you can argue only in the case where the husband is completely out of the picture. Loy havalon lemiknasa. There she should not be penalized by losing her ksuba. Kiven the kiven the lace loy masa. 
since her husband is not around, is ain't tame So there's no great wonder im oiveras aldas if she's not behaving in the acceptable Jewish way of behaving. And the ain't ze pritzus yisayrosa. It's not considered a tremendous amount of pritzus. Avil, perhaps you would argue, Misha Baila etz love to husband is there, and still the ain't yireim imenu, and still she's not respectful to him, and aldas, and she is behaving in an immodest way, there we would argue, that's very pritzuzdik, and maybe even a warning is not needed. That is why they didn't bring the proof from the safe of the Mishnah. However, Rab Chanina's proof is brought, Rab Chanina brings it, and it's accepted as a conclusive resolution to this first boyim. And now we move on to the next inquiry. The next question is, and again, let's learn the sugya, like Rashi, if a woman is, but the husband wants to stay with her. The question is, is he allowed to stay with her or not? In other words, we accept the proof that if he's going to divorce her, even if he didn't warn her, he doesn't have to pay her the ksuba. Okay, but does he have to divorce her? do we say, the whole spirit of the din, of the mitzvah of soita, shows that a woman can only become a soita if the husband warned her. Is a husband obligated to warn his wife? We actually learned in the beginning of our Masech that it's a machloikas whether it's a ruach of tahara or whether it's a ruach of tumah. One thing is for sure, a woman cannot become a seita if the husband didn't oppose it, which means it's up to him opposing it or not. So why don't we apply it likewise to a oivera, saldas yehudis? Vaha, in our case, if the husband is not makvid, so then he doesn't have to divorce her. Oidelmar perhaps, keeping the kapit, since normally people are bothered by it, so... Kapid, halacha should say, it should bother you, and you should divorce her. So here again, the Gemara attempts to prove this question from our Mishnah. Tashimam, again, quoting the Sefer from our Mishnah, that Misha Bezin Mekanelah, the Elusha Bezin Mekanelahem, the following other woman, for whom Bezin will act as an agent of the husband. Again, Mishnah is Kharish Bailam, if the husband became deaf mute, or he became deranged, or if he was in jail. End of Mishnah asks the Gemara and proves the Gemara. If the husband is allowed to stay with her, even though she's behaving immodestly, of the in midi the dilma And like Rashi points out, the whole reason why Beisdin has the right to warn her, even though they were never asked to do so by the husband, is because of the concept of zachin lo adam shaloi befanav. But maybe the husband won't want to initiate this process. And if he has such a choice, how are they allowed to do it? So the Gemara says that's not a proof. Because Bezdin can follow the vast majority of cases. Being that he is not around to voice his opinion. So Bezdin can assume that Kivin Doiveras Aldasi is Meinach Nichala. So again, there's no proof from the end of the Mishnah. Now, just to know that even though the Gemara didn't come to a proof, we paskin in the Shulchan Aruch that the husband is allowed to stay with her. That's the din. However, the Bach over there writes, however, the husband is called a Rasha. Or in other words, to word it the way we worded it in the beginning of the Masechta, when we were learning about the Ruach, Ruach Tara, Ruach Tumeo, to leave things as is, is, is foolish or let's use the extreme words, Russia. The only question is to resolve it, there's different ways of resolving these issues. One way would be with warning and with threats and, you know, bekav ha And there's another way. The other way is, is that there's talking, there's figuring out what's really going on over here. And that, and that is a, for sure a wiser way to initiate with that's, the, 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 that's what life shows us. On the other hand, there are certain, every case is a case, and sometimes acting with Gevura will bring you positive results if it's being done in a right way, if people are coming from a right place, etc. Now, the Gemara asks the third question. Wow, 
a husband initiated the process of a site. And as Rashi says over here, that at this point, the Gemara is not differentiating whether she already had stira or not. At this point, the husband warned his wife, I don't want you to be secluded with that individual or with those individuals, whether she was already secluded with them or not. It means even if she was, the, the question is, can the husband retract? Can he take back his warning? If he's Michael on his kinui, it's almost like an intim salamid. Even intim salamid, he may remain with his wife if she's a veras aldas yehudis. Maybe he can only remain with her if he didn't initiate the process of a saita. But if he not initiated the process of a saita, maybe he can pull it back. Or maybe, even further, just like we talk a rule that a husband is allowed to be with his wife even if she's a veras aldas yehudis. So that logic is, it can be moichalanas kinui. I, she's secluding with a certain man. Me, do we say, since Since for her becoming a saita, that depends on the husband's jealousy and warning. Rashi says that at this point, the Gemara is not differentiating. No, the question is both. Can he pull back his kinoi before she had stayed a be'edim? Well, there's many steps. There's kinoi, and then she had stira. And I'll tell you more, then there's stira with Edim, but they didn't go to the local Beisden yet. And then there was a point that they went to the local Beisden, and the local Beisden paskant, ah, based on what we know, you are a suffix Saita. You have to go to Yerushalayim. Even here, now, the Gemara is asking, maybe the husband at any given point can not just say, I don't want you to drink, but then he's going to be ushered to be with her. He has to divorce her. And I'll pay her to Ksuba. The husband can say, I'm Michael on the warning. So, Ki'ilu, retroactively, you're not a Saita. no, even the since you began the process, now it's not up to you anymore. And therefore, Le'imotzi Machalei, question. And again, the proof is going to come from our Mishnah. Tashimam, ve'elu shebeiz, and v'kanam lahen, again, from the safe of our Mishnah, Mishnah is Chodesh Baila. Oyneshtata, oyshoyachavishwebeiswasurim, Says the Mishnah based in warns the wife. And now we're going to learn a very important theme that we have throughout Shas, which is called Zilusa de Beidina. That based in has to be very careful that their rulings are not dishonored, are not overruled, because once that happens, the community, they lose their respect for the based in. And especially now, other than respect for the Beisden, Beisden doesn't have real power to enforce its rulings. Now, the Omart Baal Shomachal Al Kinuyoi, Kinuyoi Machul, Avdinan Midi Deosi Baal Machalei. Are we going to do something? Beisden is going to make her into a Saita. And if the husband still has the power to pull back his warning, even after she becomes a Suffolk, Saita in a Beisden, so then. Why would Beisden get involved? Says the Gemara, that's not a proof. Because that's not a proof. Because in most cases, even if the husband will have the power to pull back his warning, after she became a Saita, a husband won't do that. In other words, the husband is happy that he warned his wife and he will not pull it back. And therefore, nothing can be proved from the safe of the Mishnah. So says the Gemara, let me prove you, let me resolve this boya from what we learned on Dav Zayin. We learned in the Mishnah that after they are sent to the Beisden Hagadol in Yerushalayim for her to drink the waters, that Beisden, the local Beisden, sends to Talmir HaChamim. Why, says the words of the Mishnah, because they might have relations while they're traveling. And as we learned on Dav Zayin, to Talmir HaChamim, to explain to the husband from where do we know that he's talking not allowed to be with his wife until she's proven to be innocent. Says the Gemara, If the husband has the power to pull back his warning, what will sending to Talmir HaChamim help? 
He's sending two Talmud Chachamim for, for them not to be together. Why? You can have two Talmud Chachamim and they'll take another din. The husband will tell his wife, you know what? I, re- I, I forgive the whole warning. And then they can be together again. So what's the point of two Talmud Chachamim? So says the Gemara, no, that's not a proof. And I'll tell you why it's not a proof. Because back to what we learned on Daf Zion, why did they dafka send to learned people? It's only because of the Gemide, because they're learned. And why do we need to have two learned people? Fakert, the Boyalamival, we want to have two learned people. So they should inform the husband that Omri Lay. You want to have relations with your wife. Instead of doing it be'iser, there is a way of doing it be'heted. Forgive, be Michael your warning, and and then you can have a relation with your wife. That's why they sent Talmud HaChachamim. It can go both ways. Now really on Dav Zayin we learned the reason why they are Talmud HaChachamim is the opposite. It's because when two people that are not learned tell a person don't do what you're about to do, one of the common pushbacks is, how do you know it's prohibited? Show me where it says. You know, that's our generation. So a Talmud Chacham will be able to show them that they're not allowed to be together. And by the way, them not allowed to be together, Taka doesn't come from the Parsha's Saita. It comes from the Parsha's Kiseitzei, in the whole din. That's what we learned. That a Machzei Girushasei, from a Diog, that a man who divorces his wife, if she married another man, even if she becomes widowed or divorced from the second husband, then the first husband is not allowed to marry her again. And the Torah says, Tachaz Asher Hu something like that. But the word is, because she became defiled, and the question we had in Yavamas is, he cannot marry her back because she became defiled? She was married to a second man, how can you call that Tuma? So we learn, that that Hu doesn't refer to the Machzai Girushasi. He cannot marry her back because she was married to another man. Betahara. Still, you cannot marry that wife back. Tachas Asher refers to the suffix Saitam. That when a woman becomes a suspected Saitam, until it becomes clear from the main modern whether she's innocent or guilty, you cannot be with her. You have to have a Talmud. Someone has to know that. No, 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 no. no. Tachas, if, 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 the tzad of this boy would be that he's able to be Michael, then the din would be that tachas asheru is only an iser when the woman is, a, when, is halachically a saita. Now, if mechila revokes the status of a saita, she's no longer a saita. Just like shleimah lekula alma, if she drinks the waters, he can be with her. I tachas asheru that didn't refer to her after the drinking of the waters. It doesn't refer to her after he was Michael. Could be. So we're back to the question. So Tashama the Omar Now we are quoting a Braisa that we learned in Sanhedrin. That Rabbi Yoishia said, that there were three dinim that Zaidi shared with me while he was talking with me. While they were schmoozing, they were learning the whole time. You understand? And din number one was that a husband has the power to retract his warning. Now, we'll see in a moment. See, until now, we are not differentiating whether was it before stira, after stira, after saita. We'll get to that in a moment. But right now, generally, there is, at least in certain cases, the power of the husband retracting his warning. Num, din number two was that Vizakin Mamre, if you have a learned person who challenges a ruling of the great Sanhedrin, not challenges the way we learn, that's good. Why did they say it? I would have said otherwise, Gesunta hate. Challenging means that they, there is a, a, a learned person that is saying that they gave a wrong Psagdin. Don't follow them. Ah, so the din is that that person is put to death. And there he said that if based in Haggadol wants to forgive him, they can forgive him, and he will not be punished. And the third thing is, so if you have this child that's rebelling against his parents, and he's behaving in a very, very unhealthy manner, so first he's admonished by his parents, and if he doesn't listen, then he's taken to Bezin and he's flogged. And if, even after that, he doesn't mend his ways, then this is the case that the Gemara says it never happened and it never will happen. But there is a possibility, there's a concept, there's a din taita, that such a child is going to be put to death. What happens if the parents forgive him? 
Because it all began with the parents admonishing him. You know, stop eating so much, stop drinking so much, stop stealing money for your uh, addiction. That if the parents want to be Michael, him, Michael him. So that was the three dinim that he came with. And, When I, Rabbi Yoshe, when I came to my friends in the south, now we just learned before the Dodim. This Dodim is the classical Dodim. So the great Rabbi Kiva, and we learned this together, right, both in, it was in Ksubis, and in the Dodim. Huh? In Yavamis, and in the Dodim. In Yavamis it was that he had Shnei Masar El of Zugim Talmidim. 12,000 pairs. And then we learned in Adoram he had 24,000. And after they all passed away, which was tragic in the short period of time, sometimes between Pesach and Shavuos, Rabbi Kiva then went to the south of Israel and he had the five greatest Tanoim. He only had five Talmidim, or at least known five Talmidim, and the entire Torah Shabbal Peh was taught through those five Talmidim. Rameir, right, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yoisi, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yochai, and Rabbi Loza ben Shamua. It's unbelievable. So when he says, when I went to my friends in the south, and they are the fathers of Teresh Shabal Peh, or through them came to us the entire Teresh Shabal Peh, and they said, Herzachayim, al-shnaim hoiduli, they agreed with two. But they said, al-zakin mamri lo hoiduli. But they said, the zakin mamri cannot be forgiven. Why? Because shulo yidbu machlekes b'Yisrael. Because at the end of the day, a zakin mamri means a learned person. And if he's going to be forgiven, it's going to cause a split in how we practice Yiddishkeit. That cannot be accepted. But the other two, they accept it. So the husband, now we're going back. First of all, he's allowed to be Mekayim's wife, even if she's behaving against Das Yehudas. Not only that, if he warns her, he can pull it back. However, now says the Gemara, we're accepting that. But that he can only forgive it before she was secluded with the man. But if once she becomes a saita halachically, then it's out of his hands. However, even nami says the Gemara, that after stira enomachol, it makes sense like the amayra that limited the power of mechila. Me my me the kamahadri rabbanan l'rabbiyosi. From the response that the rabbanan gave rabbiyosi, it makes sense that after she becomes halachically a suffix saita, he can no longer forgive her. What is the response? From where do we infer this conclusion? The tanya. We had this before. That rabbiyosi oimer. You know, when we learned in the Mishnah that the Beisdin would send two Talmidei Chachamim, Shema Yovei Oleh Baderech, that was the Mishnah. Then we learned the Brai Samach Lekes Tanoim. And Abiyasi says, that the husband and the wife can go together to Yerushalayim. No one is needed to accompany them. We trust the husband that he will not be with her. And Abiyasi had a Kavuchaymer from Anida. Uma Anida, that the prohibition is Bikaris. Nevertheless, there's no problem of yichud as long as they were at least once together, as we spoke out then. In other words, a chasen and a kalo chupas nida, taki, you have to have shaymer. But as long as you had both, they were already together once. And that they know that they will be allowed to be together, that already uh, takes away the, uh, the yetzer hara. And we trust that a man will be in the same environment of his wife and he will not have a relation with her while she is anida. So Saita, and like we just spoke out from the words it's taka alav, but there's no punishment of karis. It's a lesser prohibition. Saita, shehibalav, Rabbi Yaisi says, for sure, like Kolchein, that you don't need to have shoimrim. So the Chachamim responded to Rabbi Yaisi, Loi, you don't have a Kavachamim from Anida. Why? You know why a husband doesn't need to be worried about Yichud with his wife while she's Anida? She came Yesh Laheter. Because he knows that after a certain amount of time, right? After the steps and all the steps, have Sektada and Shiraz Nakiyim and going to the Mikvah, then they can be together. However, Taimar Besaita, She'ein Laheter. Since while once she becomes a Saita, there is no Heter. What's the meaning there's no Heter? Cannot be with her. It's until she drinks the waters. 
So asks the Gemara, If we accept the rulings of the Chachmei Dorim, that accepted Zidi, and, and, and the husband can be Moichel, if that is true even after Stira, then the response of the Chachamim to Rabbi Yaisi doesn't make sense. How can you say Ein Lohetet? Fakert, let him have Yichud. What are you worried about? They're going to be together. Why would he want to be together when he knows the whole time if he wants to, he can take a be with her. He can be Moichel. That after Stira, there's no Mechila. Take a then we learned in the Mishnah that that in any istama a woman that becomes a saita and she was going to drink and he was going to make her drink and, she, and the husband dies. And the question is whether she collects her ksuba from the husband's estate. So the Mishnah said it's a machlekes between the schools of Shammai and then the schools of Hillel. Beshamai says that noit lois ksuba and Beshillel used the words that has a chayin meaning since she cannot drink because there is no behavi she can't take the ksuba. So it says the Gemara, but Maikum what's the underlying argument? And we spoke this out yesterday when we learned the Mishnah. Beishamai holds, this is a general, not only by a, by a saita or by a married woman, any shtar ho'oimed ligvois, any time someone is holding on to a document, we consider that person being the muhzik over whatever the document is granting them. is kedavoy dami. In other words, the wife, now that the husband passed away, and the status quo of a almana is, an almana is the owner of a ksuba. So she's the, muhz, she's the muhzak over that part of the estate. I, there is a doubt, maybe she was a site, and maybe she committed adultery. Okay, so the orphans have to prove that she did it. The question is, on whom is the onus of proof? Turning the Amit. However, Basilel holds that Shtar Ho'emed Ligvois, Lavke Govidomi, she is not the Muhzakis, Fakert the Yesaimim, whoever will, uh, will inherit the estate, they are the Muhzakim. Now, it could be the estate owes her money. Could be not, because she was already a Saita. So therefore, Allah Allah Haviraya. And she can't bring a Raya. She can't bring a Raya, she doesn't accept her Ksub. Then the Gemara continues with the next part of the Mishnah. Interestingly, this happens very often, even though the Gemara in the header quotes the case of Me'uberes Chaveroi, actually the comments of the Gemara goes on the Vechuli, even though it says Yerchuli. It goes on the next state of the Mishnah. The next part of the Mishnah was that if a man married either an islandist, the Mishnah gave three cases. And an islandist would mean a woman that from birth was never able to have children. Not that a young girl cannot have children, but a young girl develops into a woman that could have children. An islandess is a woman who, it turns out, she both has certain male characteristics and she's lacking women characteristics. She becomes an islandess. Or if a man is married to a zakena, a zakena is a woman after childbearing age. Or if a man married a woman, as Rashi spoke out, she was born healthy, but she drank a potion at a certain point in her life, she made herself sterile. So there we learn the machlekes between the Chachamim and Abeliezer. The Chachamim holds, she doesn't drink. Again, the whole purpose of drinking is for them to get back together. If the husband was not yet mekayim the mitzvah of Pruravu, that's the case of the Chachamim. So why would, he, why would we want for him to get back together with her when he can't fulfill his mitzvah? Abeliezer says, no, let her drink. He has to fulfill his mitzvah. He can marry another wife. The Mishnah is before Chedim the Rabbeinu Gershon. And therefore, there's nothing wrong with them staying with her. You have to, you're to have children. Marry a woman who could give birth. That was a machleikas tanoim. Says the Gemara Omar Nachman Omar Baravua. This is very important. That even though it appears from our Mishnah that the machleikas between the Chachamim and Abeliezer is on all the three cases on the islandess and on the woman that's a zakena and on the woman that later did something to herself. That from then on made her unable to have children, says Rav Nachman. Machlaikis is only on the Akara and on the Zikano. The Akara meaning the woman who was born healthy, who made herself into a Akara. There, the Rabbi Yezer holds that she should drink. By choice. By choice. However, Avol Island is what if the man is married to a woman, that from when she was born, she was never able to have children, even 
though the words of Rabbi Yezer, the logic, Luchayda, would apply to her also. Why would we care if she drinks, the husband doesn't have children? Let him marry another wife. No, says Rav Nachman, And as always, if she cannot drink, and it's her fault, she secluded herself, so she loses the ksuba. Why? Because there's another issue that the Mishnah did not speak about. And in Parsha Sait it says, V'niksa, V'nizra azara. That if she is innocent, she will then be given a blessing to conceive and have children. It's almost like when a woman was once able to have children, even though she drank a potion that made her into a akara, her having that reversed is much less of a miracle than getting a woman who was never able to have children to all of a sudden be able to give birth. That's something that's so far-fetched, so to say, that it excludes her from the whole parsha of Saita. It has to be to a woman that is shaykh to the Nizra Azara. Misha Darkala Hazriya is included in the Parsha Saita. But Yatsazu She'ena Darkala Hazriya. Amazing. Now, this is not even mentioned in the Mishnah. What's the rationale of Rabbi Yezer? He wasn't Makaim de Mitzvah. Let him marry. They only spoke about whether she can have children, whether he fulfilled his mitzvah or not. In other words, whether we want this marriage to go on or not. But here, there's another whole issue which is only relevant to the islandists, the whole thing is gavaldic, because you can argue, what if a woman is an akara, what, she's darkola hazriya? She's an, if, she, if she became an akara, so the answer is yeah. Even though she did something to herself that by the laws of nature now she cannot have children, she's still included, she's a woman that is able to conceive. And so is the zakeno. And the proof is today's generation. Sada was an islandess. You know, it's according to the, to the where did we learn this? Sada was born without a womb. Can you imagine? That's a good question. Where did we learn this? We learned this on Hashanah. I don't remember. We learned this a while back. Okay. So let's go on. So now the Gemara is going to challenge Rav Nachman. We're going to quote a lengthy b'raisa. The b'raisa goes into already the middle of that chava. We'll learn the whole b'raisa. Well, I will at least read the question. This b'raisa is a chazar of everything we learned until now. Says the Gemara Meisvei from a Braisa, from a Tisefta, against this great Chiddush of Rav Nachman. As to what Rabbi Eliezer holds. And we're going to actually prove, at least, that there are two versions of what Rabbi Eliezer holds. Says the Tisefta, If a man warns his Arusa, again, Bizman Chazal, Eidus and Nesuyen, were normally separated with 12 months. And during those 12 months, his Kala is becoming close to friendly with a certain individual. He's getting jealous and he warned her, don't seclude yourself with that person. Or if a Yavam gave a warning to his Shemedes Yavam. So in our Mishnah we learned simple, they don't drink. And we learned in today's daf, not so simple. They don't drink if they had Stira while they were still engaged. While she was still a Shemeres Yavam. But if the Kinui was done during the phase that she's, that she's not Tachas But the Stira happened later, then she will drink. This is clear. Im If before the marriage was consummated, before the Nesuyen, before the Yibum, then Take, Loi Shoisois, Veloi Noitlis Ksuba, Tachas Isham, Tachas Isheich. They're not under or not fully under the husband's jurisdiction. This Tosefta also, like our Mishnah holds, like Rab Yoinasen. Let's not forget Rab Yoishia holds that a Shemeris Yavam does drink. Davchavav continues the Tosefta, like our Mishnah. If a man married Meuberes Chaveroi or Minekes Chaveroi, and that's against Takanas Chachamim. Because, as we spoke out, they were afraid, whether this refers to a Alamana, or even to a Gerusha, Rashi says even a Gerusha, because since it shall get pregnant from her new husband, it's possible that she will lose her milk, and therefore the living child might be neglected to the point, God forbid, of him or her, the child dying. So the Chazal made a Takana that you cannot marry her only until the child is halachically weaned, which is after the child is 24 months old, but they married before that. So here there's a machlekas between Hamer and the Chachamim, as we had on our Mishnah. So that Meir holds such a woman, 
And why will she not drink? Because Shahoya Rabbi Meir Oimer. Shahoya Rabbi Meir Oimer. Rabbi Meir always says that Loisa Adamu Beres Chaveroi Umenekes Chaveroi. That when the sages enacted this takana, not to marry a woman while she's pregnant with someone else's child. The emphasis is on someone else's. Because a man can divorce his wife while she's pregnant with his child. And then Takahi could marry her back if he's the dad. But he cannot marry her back if she's pregnant with someone else's child. Or if she's still nursing someone else's child. And they enforced it at Kedekach that Vim Nasa, if he violated this rabbinic law, the Chachamim says, <clears throat> he has to divorce her. And not only did the Chachamim say you have to divorce her, but they took it a step further. That is the point of Machlekas between Amir and the Chachamim. That Velo Yachsid Oilamis, he's never allowed to marry her back. Now, the moment you are in a marriage that the Chachamim never sanctioned, why would you drink the waters? The purpose, again, is not to kill her. The purpose is to bring harmony in the marriage. And why would we want to bring harmony in a marriage that is halachically not kosher? The Chachamim disagree with Rav Meir. He should divorce her. But he will be allowed to marry her back after the child is weaned. So therefore they should drink. Drink, divorce her, and marry her back. Yoitzi. Then the Braise continues, a very interesting expression. Just to clarify, yes. if he married her, yes. the Nisuin is Chal, right? Absolutely. So let's just say five years pass by and they're still married. At that point, does Ramir and the Chal say that he still should... I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm sure we learned this in Yavamas. I probably don't remember, and it says in Shulchan Aruch. Horoiva means a young man. In Yiddish, Horoiva means a shisir. It's a funny expression. Rashi says that Horoiva comes from the word keravya, like we have by the keruvim. So if there's a young man, shenosa akara uzekeno. In other words, the, the emphasis of a young man means a man who was not yet makayim the mitzvah of having children. And as we paskin, kebeisilol, having at least one son and one daughter. Or in the opposite order. So, and by the way, we learned that also. Having a son and a daughter is not the full fulfillment of the mitzvah. The mitzvah is only fully fulfilled if the person has two grandchildren, also of both genders, and not from the same child. Amazing. In other words, if a man has a son and a daughter, and his son has a son and a daughter, he didn't do the mitzvah yet. You have to have a son and a daughter, and then each one of them has to have a child, and it has to amount to both genders. It can be the son has a son and the daughter has a daughter. It can be that the son has a daughter and the daughter has a son. But only then does one fully fulfill the mitzvah. But that second step is not up to the person. That's up to the children. But as far as the person is concerned, he's obligated to have to father at least a son and at least a daughter. So if you have a reva, any married, either in Akara, again, an Akara is not an islandess. An Akara is a woman that was able once to give birth and she became a Akara. Or a woman who's old, in other words, she was able to give birth, but right now she's after her childbearing age. Or, and the Enloi Isho Banim Eikara, again, the Reva means he never had children before. And this, Toisefta is going to quote the Das of the Chachamim, Loi Shoisa, Veloi Noitlis Ksuba. We don't want to encourage the marriage. Let him marry a woman who can, who can help him be Makayim the Mitzvah. Comes along Rabbi Eliezer. Here you have Elazar, right? And our Mishnah, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I made a mistake. It was just a Rashi Tevis, right? In our Mishnah. Rabbi Elazar. I have to correct myself. Okay. So it's the Tana Rabbi Elazar ben Shamua. Rabbi Elazar Hagadol is Rabbi Elazar ben Hoidkanuz. Okay. So Rabbi Elazar Oimer, Yahuhu Lisa Acheres, like in our Mishnah. That's the Tana. That why don't we encourage the marriage? Let her drink. He has to do the mitzvah. Let him marry another wife. The Lithrois, the Lirboys, hey man. Okay. Abol continues the Tisefta. But if a man warns Takes Kala, if he gives a kinoi to only his Shemeris Yavim, they're not fully Takas Isha. But but she had Stira after they were married. There she becomes a full fledged Saita. And the kinoi that he did before works. And here, oil like any other saita. Either drink. If she doesn't want to drink, she loses her ksuba. 
Milberis Umenekas Atzmai. If a man was married with a woman and she got pregnant, or she gave birth and then he divorced her, and he, she did not marry another man, and according to many, there's a mitzvah for him to remarry her, and he did. Nothing wrong with that. Oi, Shaisa, oi, Lenaitlis Ksuba. Because there's no issue of the child might die. It's he's the father. He's going to make sure that even if his wife gets pregnant again, he's going to buy sufficient food for that child to be fed healthily. And the Braise continues, if you have this young man, or even he already fulfilled his mitzvah. So again, she becomes a full-fledged Saita. And therefore, either she will have to drink, and if she doesn't drink, if someone that's fit to marry a mamzer, who is halachically fit to marry a mamzer? A mamzeres, an asino, a gioiris, or the aishas, nasin lenasin, someone who's fit to marry from that nation of the gevainim, as we learned yesterday. Again, who is fit to marry a nasin, an asino, a mamzeres, a gioiris? Or ve'eshes ger, or an eved meshukhrar, or here you have the word islandis. Oi, shaisa, oi, loi, nightless ksuba. Clearly, clearly, that an islandis, as long as the husband already had children, then she's a full fledged Satan. And therefore, she either drinks, if she doesn't want to drink, she loses her ksuba. So clear, says the Gemara, Ketani Miyat says clearly that an islandess, as long, Lachachamin, that the husband already had children before, and Lachor, according to Rabbi Elazar, even if the husband didn't have children before, that is the sheet of Rabbi Elazar, he can marry another wife. She becomes a Saita. We don't say the concept of Venixa, Venizra Azara, that she's not able, she was never able to have children. So that Lachor is a clear refutation of Rav Nachman. And for this, we'll continue this tomorrow. There's actually two tanoim as to what the shita of Rabbi Elazar is to be continued.